Hey, I'm Jim Sear. And I'm Jocelyn Yuat. And you are listening to the Avoiding Chores Podcast. When, where we're talking about the year of my sweet 16, 1983. Oh, that was 1983. That was my sweet 11. <laughs> no, that's uh, the summer of 83 is when I turned 16 years old. And I don't know, there's something about 16, right? I, I, I still don't understand it, but there's something about it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, folks, if you're listening you don't know what we're talking about, go back four episodes. We we were starting to talk about what was the best year of the 80s because it was the resurgence of the 80s and, and Stranger Things and all that stuff. And then we decided to do an entire series focusing on each year of the 80s. We're up to 1983. And uh, like I was saying to you, Justin, earlier, in 1983 was the year where I was starting to become more self-aware than usual. 11, starting to get uh, a little bit more noticed in pop culture. Uh, you know, if we were to, to think back in sports, you know, the New York, New York Islanders won uh, a Stanley Cup again. Oh, they had a dynasty back then. That's right, you know, uh, uh, John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors, that was kind of like the heyday. Martina Natural, uh, Mat- Navratilova, Navratilova. Yeah. Uh, that was there. Uh, I mean, lots of stuff was happening uh, in terms of uh, sports. Uh, you know, I don't know, like, but, but really, we, from last podcast, this was like 1980, like, we were in Michael Jackson thriller. Oh, totally. Full blown, right? Billie Jean was the big song, right? Yeah, for sure. But there was, a, you know, beyond sports and music and all that, there was lots happening outside in the world. Um, that's the year that Margaret Thatcher won, her, uh, became the prime minister in uh, in the UK, the Iron Lady, you know. And yeah. and I think, yeah. I think really um, in, in that era... Uh, Reagan and Thatcher and, and Gorbachev, you know, they kind of dominated the international political scene, and and really, it, you know, with it was towards the end of the Cold War, of course. But you know, it it was uh, it, they were such prominent figures back then; it was incredible. I actually remember a song by uh, by Genesis. I don't think it was in 1983. It was a bit uh, a couple of years later, where they had puppets that uh, yes. that were yes. that looked like it was. The song was called "Land, Land of, of Confusion. Confusion." Exactly. Right. Yeah, I right. had the cassette, <laughs> the Invisible cassette. Touch. It was yes, the invisible, invisible touch, yeah. That's right. Well, I you saw know, that tour. We, you know, we were very close. We we talked about it last time how close we were to nuclear war yep. in the early eighties. Yep. And there were a couple events uh, in eighty three that was kind of close too. We had the uh, a nuclear uh, Soviet nuclear sub that somehow got a com- computer glitch and thought the U.S. was attacking. Oh right. And you know, in the submarine, and, and that was averted. Uh, we also had the Korean airliner that was shot down by Russian jet uh, jet fighters, killing 270 people. You know, up there around Korea, North Korea, that area sure, there. Sure. So, you know, it was tense. It was but very then, tense. And we kind of forget about it again. This was pre-Twitter, pre-cable uh, news for us. We were up in Canada. We didn't necessarily got 
CNN or, or, or you know, get, get the, the updates quite as quick. We get, we, we get things delayed, right? Uh, another thing that came out, which was the, um, uh, which was the, uh, <laughs> funny, on the flip side, the Hitler Diaries. Do you remember that? No, I don't. Oh, this is when some dude claimed that he found Adolf Hitler personal diaries. Really? I don't remember yeah, that uh, at all. Yeah, Time Magazine, it was all the thing. Of course, uh, people found out that it was fake. It was all a hoax. <laughs> but it was, you know, it made some good uh, <laughs> some good fodder for sure. Hey, listen, all that kind of kind of heavy topics on the lighter side. Uh, in 83, Swatch introduced their first watches and they became ubiquitous. They still are. I mean, um, but I owned a Swatch watch in the 80s that, that I bought with, you know, one of my first paychecks of one of my summer jobs. Because they were cool. Really? They were cool. I was not allowed. Swatch looked weird to my parents. However, they allowed me to buy a pair of Ray-Ban sunglasses because Risky Business was out. Tom Cruise sliding across wood floors in his socks in the freaking <laughs> t-shirt or dress shirt, whatever. That's right. So, I, oh man, I remember we were down. I was down and behind of a Ford Ranger in the little cab in the little itty bitty seat. I was 11. I could fit. Go driving down in Maine to L.L. Bean, going into L.L. Bean and finding a pair of Aviator Ray-Ban glasses. I bought those and had those for a few years and until a sad accident. But you know what? Ray-Ban's huge in 83. Hey, and, and uh, they're still huge today. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the price you paid in 83 was a whole lot easier on the wallet than the, than the Ray-Bans are today. Oh my god! Well, I was able to pay for it myself back when I was eleven. So yeah, there you I go. Was, that that tells you everything yeah, right there. T- t- tells you everything. Now, although I I, I am looking at Ray Ban, you know, if uh, people go to avoidingchores.com, there's the little store section here. Uh, there's a couple Ray Bans that look pretty interesting. But anyway, that, that's beside the point. <laughs> the point is, Ray Ban has uh, continued to be a stylish item. But you know what? Another stylish item that started, uh, you know, eighty three, maybe a little bit later for for us up in up in uh, our neck of the woods in the northern uh, territories, uh, boom boxes, boom boxes, yeah, absolutely. boom boxes started to get. This is where you, at Christmas time you say, I don't want a full component stereo system. I would like this uh, rectangle cube thing that would have two speakers at each side, a cassette deck or two, and AM FM radio. Or two, yes, the ones that had two. That's funny. You could you could copy from one cassette to the other. I was uh, I was more of the component stereo system guy. I oh, uh, were you? Yeah, geez, you know, I was. Uh, I've always been a big music fan, and, and that's uh, you know, like I said, that's the summer I turned sixteen, and music was really important to me. Which which you know, let's talk about the music of nineteen eighty three. Arguably. The biggest band back in '83, band I mean, not not artist, but the yeah. biggest band was The Police, and they released that year Synchronicity. The big single was Every Breath You Take. Huge. And and what's incredible about that band is that after that monstrous album, I mean, they they were doing tours in in major mm-hmm. stadiums like uh, Olympic Stadium in Montreal, for example. And after that album came out, they just called it quits. 
crazy. At the top of popularity. It was 83 going into 84, maybe a little bit of 82, but 83 was a huge year. I mean, okay, you're talking about the police. You're talking about, uh, you know, we had talked about Michael Jackson earlier. David Bowie, Let's Dance album came out in 83. Yeah, and, and that was Bowie reinventing himself once again. And um, mm-hmm. it's it's funny uh, back in '83 when when that came out, I, I was I was a rock guy. You know, I, I liked mm-hmm. rock. I, I liked uh, I liked hard rock, heavy metal, Rush. You know, Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne was big that year. And when Bowie came out with "Let's Dance," I was like, "No, God, no, David, what are you doing?" <laughs> and honestly, today you go back and listen to that, and it's it's genius, really. And and I was yeah. just kind of set in my ways back then. I remember listening to that. I had a, it wasn't quite a boombox, but it was a cube. It had a 33 LP turntable at the top. <laughs> and that, and this was when all, all our family, you know, because we're, you know, French Canadian, Jocelyn, you know, yep. Christmas time, we all come to houses and every night, yep. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, we all go to each whatever house and, and party and stuff like that. I remember uh, one of my cousins, uh, ha- got as a gift the David Bowie LP, and we were playing it on my turntable. That was my first exposure to David Bowie. Was that let's let's dance uh, LP? Yeah, on, and you know the the turntable thing. A lot of people had uh, at that point switched to cassettes. I did not. I I was a staunch supporter of the vinyl LP, and I had like a couple hundred of them by that point. And I loved looking at the cover art and reading the liner notes. And, you know, that was my thing. I I was actually, a few years later, I was actually sad that CDs came out. I I, I adopted them quick, but I missed the full-size art of the LP records. Well, it's funny because back then, or or then, that's when I started getting interested in LPs too. But I was introduced to cassettes kind of first. Well, actually, I was, my first recollection it was in that weird time between eight track and cassette, <laughs> eight track and double and double albums. So the albums that I remember that I still had and I was playing was an Alba a double album set. The uh, Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, double album set. The Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, man. And let's see, uh, what was the other one? Um, Yeah, those are the big three LPs. So you were kind of going back to the 70s there with uh, with some of the stuff you were listening to. Well, well, the thing is, we were getting stuff... yeah, yeah, you were. A we bit were late getting there. stuff late. Yeah. We were yeah. we were a little bit late when when stuff got 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 to us. So, but but then you contrast that to you know we're well into the MTV stage, the Arrhythmics, you know, Sweet Dreams. That was like a video staple. Uh, Bonnie Tyler, Total Total Clips of the Heart. Uh, you know, uh, Lionel Richie with his videos. He has his huge album back then. Um, Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson say 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 that video. <laughs> oh yeah, no kidding. You, you oh, know what? The, the, I I think for me and and we discussed it in the 1982 podcast. It, I I feel that the 80s sound of music started in 82, probably you know mm. with uh, uh, the Human League, but it really took off in 83. You had 
you know, you had Culture Club and you had Duran Duran and you had Big yeah. Country yeah. and you had, like you said, Lionel Richie. And it was really that time where that 80s sound, dominated by a lot of keyboards in, in, in a lot of ways, um, but but also with kind of some weirdness attached to it here and there. Like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, oh, yeah. Boy George of Culture Club and, and Annie Lennox of the Eurythmics. And, and, and when she came out and, and it was like, she she's clearly a woman, wow. but she's like, she. it was so interesting. Oh, my God, so yes. interesting. Well, well it's funny. Uh, this past weekend, uh, the little one, you know, she's four. She's starting to like, like music and starting to dance. So I was to figure... Let's find on YouTube an AD dance playlist so she can dance to you. Like, you know, so, so she knows MC Hammer, and we'll cover that, you know, maybe when we do the 90s or whatever. But, you know, I figured the 80s is a nice little uh, dance set or whatever. Well, you know what? Culture Club came out, right? And then she's staring at the screen, and she's like me. When, when I was watching Culture Club, I was confused. Yeah, for me, sure. I, you weren't I knew, quite sure, I, right? Yeah, you know, I wasn't sure, but, you know, music was good. And you know what? That's fine. And same thing with Eurythmics. You know, shooting. That was <laughs> when I was eleven. That was weird. That was yeah. It, it's well but, for, anyway. for for you in in uh, in your neck of the woods. For and I say the woods. Um, yeah, it was sure. literally the woods, folks. <laughs> it was. Um, listen, y- y- we're running long. We had lots to say, but just oh, a couple yeah. just a couple words on some of the movies that came out that year and we already talked in in our resurgence of the 80s episode we talked about war games already but uh, uh star wars episode six return of the jedi saw in with, the driving yeah oh yeah in the driving awesome. with uh. the ewoks and and listen as bad as the ewoks were they were way better than jar jar binks so I'll, yep. I'll just put that out there but you know mm-hmm. probably from from a pop uh, culture slash, you know, big screen or small small screen entertainment. Arguably, as big as Return of the Jedi that year was the last episode of Mash airing. That's right. I and I watched it. Too. Yeah, same here. Huge. Same here. It was yeah. huge. It Mash. I still, we watched. The- yeah, I, I think to this day it is still the highest watched TV show ever. I might be wrong, but I, I uh, think I, I think I think I think you I think you have it. I think yeah. you're, you're correct with Unbelievable. that. Unbelievable. Uh, it was huge because back then the syndication started earlier, right? So I was watching MASH daily. Sure, sure, absolutely. You know, on, on affiliate stations, whatever. But you know what, Jocelyn, uh, you know, you're talking about a couple of movies. Hey, I'm looking at some of the toys. This was eighty three was the year of the apocalypse where you had cabbage patch dolls, care bears, and my little pony. Oh jeez, really? Already? Yes, wow, I'm surprised. Yes. I'm surprised. Wow. But okay. uh, Trivial Pursuit came out, so that at least something good came out. <laughs> I've played that a lot. <laughs> All right, you know what? Let's uh, wrap it up for this. We're going to continue for 1984 in the next episode, folks. If you like this podcast like this overall podcast go over and give us a review and rating on apple stitcher google play you can look at past episodes on avoidingchores.com you can follow us on social media facebook just do a search for avoiding chores